Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Lowe. Financial Literacy Week is April 4th through the 8th in Tennessee, and April is National Financial Literacy Month. Dr. Ann Anderson, an MTSU professor of finance and holder of the Weatherford Chair of Finance in the Jones College of Business, is here with us to talk about how to improve the personal financial literacy of Tennessee's young people. We'll talk with Dr. Ann Anderson after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. MTSU Associate Criminal Justice Administration Professor Ben Stickle took six years' worth of policing experience from patrol to the classroom when he changed careers to become a professor. Now a decade since leaving the force, three of Stickle's research and evaluation efforts helped the TBI receive a combined $950,000 in funding from the Bureau of Justice Assistance and the Bureau of Justice Statistics. Two of these grants fund studies on the impact of coronavirus on crime and criminal justice at the state and local level. The first at $79,000 evaluating data from 2020 and the second at $80,000 evaluating data from 2021. The third grant awarded Stickle $800,000 as part of the state's Enhanced Collaborative Model Task Force to combat human trafficking program, which brings together stakeholders from multiple disciplines from law enforcement to academia to combat all forms of human trafficking across the state. Stickle's research develops and provides a new study on human trafficking in Tennessee for the task force and a plan for the ongoing assessment of the task force itself. And be sure to bring the youngsters to MTSU for a colorful harbinger of spring after a long, dreary winter. The 2022 Panhellenic Easter Egg Hunt is scheduled for 2 to 4 p.m. Sunday, April 10th on the lawn of President Sidney McPhee's home at East Main Street and Middle Tennessee Boulevard. This event is free and open to the public. Join President McPhee and the Easter Bunny as children aged 12 and under search for Easter eggs on the lawn beginning at 2.15 p.m. Games, a balloon artist, and an inflatable will be available for bouncing off some of that extra energy. The Easter Egg Hunt is sponsored by the MTSU Panhellenic Council with support from the university's sorority and fraternity chapters. All guests should park at the MTSU East Main Building at 1403 East Main Street. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. And welcome. Thank you for being with us on the program. Thank you for having me. What is Financial Literacy Week and what will be MTSU's participation in it? So Financial Literacy Week is a week that was actually passed by our state legislation a couple of years ago to recognize the need to educate the, the people of Tennessee on how to take care of their money. Uh, faculty at MTSU, especially in the Finance and Economics Department, have recognized that this is not just a outside of college event, that our students need to understand how to manage their money as well. So we have We've dived in and we, we decided to actually take advantage of that week. And we have several different speakers coming in to help educate our students to better prepare them for financial success. I understand that some high schools in Tennessee teach classes about how individuals can take care of their own finances, balance a checkbook, saving, spending, cost of living. Why isn't there more of that going on at the secondary education level? Is that a consummation devoutly to be wished? Or? We, we do have a personal finance class available here at MTSU, but it's not a required class. 
So we actually encourage many of our students to take that class and it's actually very popular. I think the challenge is, is personal finance, you actually have to be doing it. So students that are, are in this state of their, their life are saying, why do I need to care now? I don't make money now, right? And so what we're trying to educate them on is even though they're not making a lot of money now, they need to start planning for the future today. So we do offer it and we're trying to get it out to more students, but it's just not something that's common yet. When you talk to your students, uh, how many of them ballpark will tell you that, that, yeah, I took a class like that in high school or no, my high school didn't offer that kind of class? If they're in the state of Tennessee, it's being offered to everyone. Uh, but I, it probably won't surprise you that many high school kids will just say, yeah, I took it, but not getting much out of it. Uh, I know more, I know more states are offering it, but once again, it, it's the, it's the degree that they're actually taking it in that it's not something you learn once you have to be continually reminded about the importance of financial literacy. Is it a, an elective or is it mandated? In Tennessee, it's, I believe it is mandated. Wow. Okay. Well, how financially literate are the college students with whom you come in contact? You know, it definitely varies. And I, and I know we're at MTSU and we're talking about college students, but I would say collectively the population in, in total could be better educated on financial literacy. And I, and I think we can just look at what's happening in the world today and understand the importance. You know, there was a great reminder when the pandemic hit. We saw many people were sent home from work. Uh, we saw that people were not necessarily working hours at all. And so they really were living paycheck to paycheck. And so that was a quick reminder of the importance of savings and especially emergency savings, because you never know what's coming around the corner. Are there any empirical data on this particular subject? To what extent has the academic community uh, researched and analyzed the financial literacy or lack thereof of the population? There, there are plenty of research studies done. Uh, you need to keep in mind, though, that all of that is going to be based on data that's voluntarily reported because you're not you're not actually able to go out and look at someone's mind or even what they're doing. So uh, I think the norm is that if you're doing well, you're reporting. And if you're doing not doing well, you're not reporting. So this, the, the data is going to be rough to actually get any true assessment of who understands and who doesn't. So it's it's not really clear, if I understand you right, whether the, the extent to which we use credit cards and get ourselves into debt in this country is a function of lack of financial literacy or just an act of desperation as prices rise. Uh, so let's be clear, they go hand in hand, right? If you are, if you are following the principles of, of a strong uh, financial support system, one of the things you're taught very on early on is emergency savings, right? You should have three months of your salary in emergency savings. So if when an emergency hits, you're immediately going to your credit card, that's a clear sign that you haven't incorporated some of the basic lessons of financial literacy. Uh, we also know that people are going bankrupt. People are struggling to, to pay bills. So we know it's a problem just by the behaviors, right? It's, it's, there's no question that we could all do better. Uh, you also see people working longer. That, not, that may be because they enjoy working, but in many cases, People are working longer because they can't afford to retire. So part of the whole process is learning how to start saving for retirement very early so you can enjoy your later years without having to work. Um, so yes, I, credit cards are an issue and, and people are living beyond their means, but uh, there are ways to avoid those, those issues. What do you say to uh, the average consumer who says, uh, look, I just saw on the news that inflation hit a 40 year high recently and I can feel the price of groceries and, and gasoline going up. How do I set aside anything? How do I save anything when I'm, I'm 
constantly paying out of pocket for these necessities? So the first thing, first conversation I always have is the, the difference between a necessity and a want. I think we all get in the habit of saying, I need this when really it's a want. So a great example is uh, Starbucks coffee or, or Dunkin' Donuts coffee, right? You go and you go buy that coffee every day. Yes, you really would like to have coffee, but do you need to go to Dunkin' Donuts every day to buy coffee or Starbucks? Probably not, right? So one way you can do that is actually just step back. And, and what I try to do is I, when people actually say that to me, I say, track everything you spend, everything you spend for a week. And then let's sit down and look at what the wants and the needs are. And you very quickly see that there is money there that you're probably spending that you shouldn't be spending. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not going to be tight. High inflation, is it's going to cause some problems with everybody, but you need to learn to budget, right? So gas is high. So that means I make fewer trips. That means I have to plan out where I'm going instead of just getting the car and go. I need to make sure that if I need to go to the store, I stop on the way home instead of going home and getting back in the car and going. So it definitely takes some planning. But I think most importantly, we need to understand that this isn't long-term. Uh, it's 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 going to be short-term pain. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world today that are, that are causing this issue, and we just need to work through them. We'll take a break right here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The MTSU Department of Art has the newest facility for visual arts in the state with approximately 50,000 square feet of space, including high-tech computers and computer-driven equipment for multimedia, graphic design, printmaking, sculpture, painting, and ceramics. We feature a visiting artist lecture program and an exhibition program that exposes students to work by national and international artists. To find out more, visit mtsunews.com. We're back with Dr. Ann Anderson, who is the Weatherford Chair of Finance and a professor of finance at MTSU. We're talking about Financial Literacy Week, April 4th through the 8th in Tennessee. I have heard students and professors have verified that they have encountered students like this who think they're going to go straight from college into a six-figure job, who envision themselves being rich by the time they're 30 without having to do the sort of entry-level work that most young people do after getting a degree. Where in the sand hill do they get these mistaken impressions? You know, uh, students talk. And it takes one person to get a good offer and everybody assumes that they can get the same offer. Um, I think the reality is, is if you want to be successful, you're not going to be successful by skipping the first three or four levels of employment. Uh, part of learning and being successful is learning the job. And you learn that by starting, starting at, at the basic level. And, you know, interestingly enough, I just spoke with a, a group of bankers last week. And we talked about uh, students and working at local banks. And I actually said, it does not hurt to actually be a bank teller for a while. Not because you want to be a bank teller forever, but because when you're managing bank tellers, you have the experience that you can actually speak to. So there's great value in actually joining that. But I think the key is students need to understand the realities of things. And a six-figure job is probably not reality. They can get there eventually, but it's going to take time and effort. Uh 
There are some impressive organizations making up uh, Tennessee Jumpstart, which is the uh, nonprofit organization that is uh, involved with financial literacy work. Uh, banks, state government agencies, two branches of the Federal Reserve. It, it can't be easy to get all those entities to agree on how to proceed. Now, you're, you're not a med affiliated with or a member of Tennessee Jumpstart, but what would be the incentive for all of those uh, financial entities to get involved with an effort like Financial Literacy Week? I think it's the same incentive of anybody who lives in a community. You want your people to be successful. You want them to be able to pay for their food, for their housing, for everything they need without having to go to get state help. You want them to understand the importance of being able to support their families. Uh, that benefits communities. And when communities benefit, banks benefit, organizations, I mean, everybody benefits, right? When everybody's moving in the same collective direction, we see those things grow. So this is one thing that people can get all their heads around. They can say, if we could actually improve the financial literacy across the board, it would be a benefit to all. Um, what would you say is the number one priority when it comes to, to teaching financial literacy? Is it micro in terms of personal finance? Is it macro in terms of how the American economic system and the, and the stock market works? Uh, is it necessary to understand the big picture in order to understand how to manage your own personal finances? In, in my personal opinion, I think it starts at home. There's no, there's no point in teaching people about how to invest in the stock market when they're having trouble putting food in the table, right? So you got to start with the basics. The basics of you always need to save. You, you need to put money aside now for retirement, money aside for emergencies, and then you plan out your budget. Once you actually have got a budget and you're saving, then you can talk about what's the best savings vehicle. So then you're actually getting into the more the macro. Do I invest in stocks? Do I invest in bonds? What are my risks? But the bottom line is if you, if you can't fix it at home, there's no point teaching a whole lot outside because they're still struggling at home. So you start with the basics and then you actually talk about the importance of knowing where you're putting your money. So the importance of educating yourself on investments before you actually invest. Does a 20-something millennial who has just obtained a job, a, a full-time position with benefits like a 401k or an IRA, do, do they actually understand the necessity of putting away a little something now for retirement when retirement to them is like a light year away? No, and I would argue that people that are 40 and 50 don't understand the need to put money away for retirement because it's still farther off, Right. But that's the benefit of actually talking about it early and often, right? Getting people thinking about retirement even before they have that first job. If I'm getting an allowance at home, I should be putting money aside, right? Um, and some of us have benefited from seeing parents that have done that well, and others have benefited from seeing that parents that didn't do it well, right? And so we can learn from each other, but it is very hard to get people thinking about retirement when they haven't had their first job, right? So, mm -hmm. but it is reality. You have to start planning ahead because you don't want to work forever. Uh, how do you go about teaching financial literacy to international students who come from nations with other currencies and other economic systems? You know, the currency doesn't matter. The process is the same. You're going to get a paycheck. You need to have a plan of how you're going to use that paycheck. Uh, there are some really great tools online, but you can create your own budgets. The key is knowing what you have coming in and knowing what you have going out and being able to make sure you're tracking ins and outs. You know, one of the lessons that I teach every student is this needs versus wants. And kind of an old rule that I had was if I go to the store and I see something that I want or I think I need, 
I don't buy it right away. I go home and sleep on it. And if in the morning I still feel like I need it, then I can go back and get it. But nine times out of 10, you wake up in the morning and you've forgotten about it and you're moving on. Uh, the other thing to understand is whether you're international or domestic, you know, technology is great, but technology also makes it easy to spend. So teaching every student the importance of knowing what apps are on their phone and how quickly they're hitting that, that buy or button that they understand where their money's actually going. So it doesn't matter if you're international or domestic, it's the same process. But what if you're an international student from Europe and you're accustomed to a way of life in which like the social contract between employer and employee is different and you come over here and you're like, why don't I get as much vacation as over here as I would have in Germany or England? Why in the world does the healthcare system sap so much money out of you? Whereas in England, we've got national healthcare. Right. Um, you know, that's got to be kind of a culture shock. It is a culture shock. And now keep in mind, there are a couple of differences here. So most of our international students are not, are probably not coming here to stay to work. They're coming here to go to school and go home. So some of those issues like time off and, and healthcare, they don't realize till they actually graduate. For those that actually are going on the market, it's imperative that they sit down with uh, faculty and advisors and really understand the questions they should ask during interviews to actually address those differences, right? Um, but, but no matter where you go, there's gonna be differences. The key is knowing what questions to ask during interviews so that you can actually be educated in your decision of whether or not to accept the job and the benefits they offer. We'll take another break here and we'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The Middle East Center at MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The Center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, WISE advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Our guest is Dr. Ann Anderson, a professor of finance and holder of the Weatherford Chair of Finance in the Jones College of Business at MTSU. We're talking about Financial Literacy Week, April 4th through the 8th in Tennessee. Do you think, Ann, that higher education should build like entire degree tracks based on financial literacy? And how far should it go? So I don't know that you need a degree track. I would like to see uh, a personal finance class required by every student on campus, even if it's part of general education, uh, but being asked to require, no matter what your major is, because the bottom line is, whatever your major is, you're going to have a paycheck, you're going to have a job, hopefully, you got to know how to budget your money. Uh, so I don't know that you need a degree program as much as you just need to make sure everybody's being educated in the process. Can you go into a little bit more detail about uh, the things that you mentioned at the uh, start of the interview about the, what fin is going to happen during Financial Literacy Week at MTSU? Absolutely. So during the week of Financial Literacy Week that starts April 4th, 
we have a, an event on each day of the week to highlight financial literacy. On Monday, April 4th, we have Brock Fortner, who is a recent grad who actually works in personal financial planning for many people. He's actually a personal financial planner. He is going to come speak to the students about planning now for their futures and uh, to be financially successful. On Tuesday, April 2nd, uh, we have a panel discussion about careers in financial planning. So this is going to actually be focused on people that want to do this for a job and the opportunities that are available there. On Wednesday, Wednesday is our keynote day, and we actually have two great opportunities. So at, at 12.30, our keynote speaker is actually going to speak, speak to local high school students who we've invited to campus to actually learn from Troy, Troy Jones. And Troy has a kind of a winding career. He started at Morgan Stanley after he got out of college, but now he's an entrepreneur, he has his own company. So he's gonna to speak to kind of the, the, the path that he took as well as the importance of being financial illiterate. And then on Thursday, well, also Wednesday. So Wednesday afternoon, he's gonna to speak to the high school students at 4.30 PM, he's gonna to speak to the MTSU community. So Troy is actually speaking for us twice. And then on Thursday, the students on campus will have the opportunity to participate in a financial simulation called the Game of Life, which is a great opportunity to kind of walk through and start spending money on the things that everybody has to do, rent, utilities, uh, food, and see if they actually have money at the end of the game to actually be able to have those fun ide uh, entertainment ideas. So this is an opportunity that will take place with the student union. And then on uh, after that, the students have an opportunity to reflect. Now, one of the most exciting things I'm happy to announce is we actually have scholarships available for students that participate, including the high school students. Uh, $1,000 scholarships, the students are required to write a reflection paper on what they learn uh, by the activities. Those reflection papers will be reviewed. And we are going to award one scholarship to the high school students, and we have three or four scholarships available to the MTSU community. What about insurance, if I may? To what extent should a millennial who has been on his or her parents' insurance for yay verily all this time, how should they regard that? Should they be uh, terribly concerned about it? Should they be? Uh, should they think that the insurance provided by their employer, if they're employed full time, should suffice? To to what extent should they be thinking about that? So I think in terms of healthcare, in most cases in the U.S., your, your employer is going to provide that, and that's probably your best route. But the one insurance that, that students need to begin thinking about, which, once again, is going to sound crazy, is life insurance. Uh, you really need to get life insurance when you're young and healthy, because when you're old and not so healthy, it's much harder to get and much more costly, right? And so uh, those are things that I would say within three to five years after you get out of college, you probably should have a life insurance policy that you can then add to as you add a family and add children, et cetera, and so forth. But actually having that initial life insurance will save you the hassle of having to go through many physicals to prove that you're healthy enough for life insurance. Uh, but the healthcare insurance, they should be able to get through their employer, and that should be their starting point. When I was a young adult entering the workforce, I came from an attitude of, well, I, I really should not be obsessed with money. My parents told me not to be obsessed with money because they did not want me to become a greedy, materialistic person who thought that money was the be-all, end-all of life. And as I got older, I had to find a middle ground in between that mentality, which is an extreme, and 
the other extreme of not caring at all about money to the extent that I made poor decisions. I had to be practical about it without going over the edge, as it were. How do you advise students to sort of find that middle ground where they're practical about their financial decisions without seeing money as the, the be-all, end-all of life? Right. So one thing I ask my students to do is actually define what they consider to be success. And success for some is going to be related to money, to be honest with you. And others are going to find success if they're happy in their jobs, right? But each individual has to figure out what makes them happy. And financial literacy is not so much about becoming, you know, a multimillionaire. It's about using what you have wisely, right? And so that means being able to support your family and your own needs, but also giving back to the community in which you live. So finding those charitable organizations that you can donate to, to use, to allow them to use their money. Uh, as we all know that right now we have the, the war in Ukraine and we see the need there, right? Those are opportunities that arise and you want to be financially well off enough that when a situation arises that you can actually help, that you can do so without feeling uh, like you can't put food on your own table. And so I, I think uh, the key is making sure they define success and making sure it's not always monetary based, but talking about the other joys of just loving what you do and, and giving back to the community in which you live. If people want more information on Financial Literacy Week, uh, how do they get in touch? Uh, the best way to go, uh, the key is to go to the Economics and Finance webpage on MTSU uh, website, or they can reach out to me at ann.anderson at mtsu.edu, and I'd be happy to, to find the information for them. Dr. Ann Anderson, thank you for being our guest today on MTSU on the Rec. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. TERA wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to TERA, which has members in 20 states and 7 nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Gina Fan has the middle moment. MTSU theater students are bringing Broadway back to Middle Tennessee audiences this spring with their production of the multi-Tony-winning musical Fun Home. Department of Theater and Dance Assistant Professor Lauren Schaus is directing the show April 7th through 10th in Tucker Theater. And while writer-artist Addison Bechdel's memoir-turned-musical is one woman's personal story of understanding her sexuality and her complex family, Schaus's audiences will also see their own stories and their own family relationships. You know, all of us, no matter what our stories are with our families, we look back and like the things that make us who we are um, through our memory of was that thing true that happened? Um, and Allison sings over and over again, I want to know what's true, dig deep into who and what and why and where to sort of figure out where she is now. I 
think people see themselves with their parents and their family. It's not limiting in that way, that it really is an expansive story that is about that, but then is also how our relationships with our parents made us who we are. Get fun home ticket information at mtsu.edu slash theater. That's MTSU on the record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's marketing and communications office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.